You are listening to the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast with host Kevin Jefferson. This is the number one podcast for African-American real estate professionals who are doing extraordinary things. It's time to tune in. And now, your host, the people's lender, Kevin Jefferson. Kevin Jefferson. Welcome to the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Jefferson. And today we have a special guest, Miss Paige Hardy. How you doing, Paige? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. I definitely That's appreciate it. No problem at all. Thanks for taking me up on the offer. Uh, so tell us a little bit about who you are. So my name is Paige. I am 27. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm originally from Durham. We also call it Bull City. That's how you know you're a Durham native. You say Bull City. So I'm a realtor full time. I got into real estate um, through my dad. It's really my passion, but I never expected to get into real estate. But yes, on top of being a realtor, I'm a sickle cell advocate. I have sickle cells. So that's like my biggest passion. And I really just like enjoy life and try to live it to the fullest. So yeah, that's kind of who I am. That's awesome. So Darren, uh, uh, how'd you end up in Charlotte? <laughs> really? I just wanted like a breath of fresh air. So when I got my license, within a month, I moved to Charlotte. It was just kind of like, you know, you get your license, your license in that state. So I was like, okay, what's the biggest city in North Carolina? Okay, Charlotte. All right, bet. I'm going to go there. I had my internship in Charlotte for two summers, but I really didn't know Charlotte. Like I knew Durham and Raleigh. So I really kind of just like took a leap of faith, like career wise, because my sphere was here in Durham. Um, but it paid off and I loved it. I think it really like pushed me to grind harder because I was basically by myself, you know, on my own and really like picking my business from the ground up. So that's really why I picked Charlotte. I was just over Durham and I was like, I need to go. <laughs> how, how far is uh, Durham from Charlotte? Uh, so depending on where you are, it's about like two to two and a half hours. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not too far. Not too far. Yeah. No, not bad at all. So growing up in Durham, uh, how I guess, what how, what did you do prior to real estate? So prior to real estate, I was in school. So I went to NC State. Um, I got my degree in business administration. I was the person growing up that everybody just knew was going to be a lawyer. They used to say I could like argue you down. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to be a lawyer. A hundred percent. Then I got to NC State and I realized like law was not for me. I took a class and I was just like, I really love engaging with people, but I don't know exactly like what I want to do. And so when I graduated um, college, I was kind of at a crossroad trying to figure out, especially like dealing with a disability. It's really hard to work like in the corporate sector. So I did the corporate sector for a little bit. I was like a property manager and I helped someone run their business. And it was just really challenging balancing the two. Um, and then I would say about a year and a half in uh, was when my dad kind of pushed me to get my license. So he's the reason why I'm a realtor today. We have some investment properties in Durham that he started when I was a junior in college. And he was like, I'd rather give the money to you. I feel like you would be a really great realtor. And he was like, I really want you to take the class. So I didn't do much like in between like graduating college and becoming a realtor besides just no, you kind of got to figure yourself out and figure out where you belong. So it was like that push was necessary for me to really get out there into my passion. Wow. That's awesome. So um, how long you've been in real estate? So I've been in real estate now two and a half years. I got my um, license in March of 2019. So. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. (laughs) I know. I feel like an old head now. I got a little experience (laughs) under my belt. (laughs) You going in the office tomorrow? Come on, rookie. I know. Let me teach you a little something. something. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. 
Um, okay, so tell me how your first year was in real estate. Oh, um, it was a lot. Like, it's a lot. I don't think you really, like, my mentor used to always say to me, the real estate class doesn't prepare you for being a realtor. And that's 100% the truth. When it comes to that class, you just need to pass the class so you can become a realtor because everything that you learn is really going to be out, like, in the actual field, especially dealing with COVID now. My first year was a lot. One, I moved to a brand new city. I didn't really know anyone. Like I said, my spirit was back home. Um, and so I really had to hit the ground running. So at first I joined a bigger firm. I really encourage like realtors to do your research on firms. I didn't. Like I just went with somebody that I knew their name. Um, someone had kind of referred me to them. One of the only realtors I knew in the area. So I was like, okay, this is perfect. Um, sometimes it's like a trial and error experience because I lasted two weeks there and I was like, this is not the firm for me. It's a little too big. I didn't have that like one-on-one attention that I needed with my broker in charge, who is essentially like your manager. Um, and so I struggled a little bit in the beginning in terms of like really trying to get myself out there. Um, however, I was like really determined to really make myself known. And so I ended up joining a smaller firm. They were really well known in the Raleigh-Durham area in Charlotte. Um, I mean, that really helped to boost me and like get myself out there in terms of lead generating and social media. But it's hard. Like being your own boss is so challenging. Like there's no like just like upward position and you just kill it. And it's just amazing. It was very like up and down, up and down, up and down for me. Like, you know, you have a good sale and then you don't. And you're out here trying to lead generate and get clients and things are hitting you left and right. And there's so much information you have to learn about real estate. Um, so my first year was definitely, I wouldn't say it was extremely challenging. Like I did no deals at all, but it wasn't like immaculate either, but it really pushed me to set a goal for my next year and say, okay, like second year, I'm trying to reach a million. Like I didn't reach a million my first year and I did that. And it really pushed me to get out there and say, if I want to be the best realtor, like I need to make these changes and implement these things to really, you know, let people know who Paige is as a realtor. So. Gotcha. So and I'm not sure if you know those numbers in your first, what did you do your first year? Can you tell me? So my first year I sold, I would say about like 500,000. Okay. Yeah. It was like 500. So I started in March. So technically I didn't start working until June. Okay. Yeah. So I moved to Charlotte in April. I started like really picking up speed around June. So you would say halfway through the year. So it was like 400, 500, which really wasn't bad, um, but it wasn't amazing. My parents actually were my first clients. Shout out to parents because they really <laughs> come in the clutch <laughs> you're struggling uh, but I was really on my own like my first time having my own set of bills like being a full adult like everything so I was really determined to get out there so my second year was like my first full year from like January to December and I did about 1.2 mil by the time I hit um December so congratulations yeah, thank you congratulations <laughs> congratulations that's amazing so Go, so essentially, you doubled your business in a year, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. What was it that you did that second year that allowed for you to do that? Because we hear people talk about it, but you actually did it. So what mm -hmm. was it that helped you double your business? 
So one thing that was really big, like word of mouth is huge. Um, they always talk about your sphere. That's very important. Um, and really like reintroducing yourself to people as it relates to your profession. Like people knew me as Paige. They didn't necessarily know me as Paige as the realtor. And a lot of times people are really hesitant to use a new realtor per se. So for me, like I had to prove to people like, yes, I mean, I have experience with somebody that's been in the industry five or 10 years, but I'm a hustler. Like I'm the type of person that is very nice to my clients, but I'm a shark in the industry. And I had to show people that like I'm going to get this done you know no matter what like if I don't know the answer I'm going to find the answer I'm going to call on agents that I know I'm going to call on my broker in charge and those are the changes that I made you know I had to really convince people to give me a chance because once they became my client I knew I was set and then once I did an amazing job with them then they were going to refer people you know to me as well too and it's very word of mouth like it continues you know as a revolving cycle the word of mouth is positive and then it could be negative as well too so that's why it's so important to do a great job because if you don't you know that will definitely play a part in your business but i would really say proving to people that i knew what i was doing and that no matter what i would give you that one-on-one attention that you might need that maybe you can't get from somebody that's been in the industry so long because they're dealing with you know 20 30 clients at a time and so i do know that that word of mouth going out there door knocking you know making phone calls i did a lot of networking events before covid happened that really benefited my business a lot so so how is your 2021 going my 2021 is going great. I set a goal for three million, three to five. So last week, or I would say like a week and a half ago, I hit like 1.3 mil. So I'm technically a little behind. I was trying to do it by the time I hit May. So it happened in June. But unfortunately, COVID has shifted a lot with real estate. And I don't think people necessarily realize like take a new construction. You know, I have a new construction client right now that's two months behind because you're missing like parts and appliances and a lot of things that you need that you don't even realize is like so important to the business. And then even as it relates to dealing with clients that's not new construction, you know, that's been a challenge as well, too, because there's no inventory at all. So something that might have taken like three weeks to find your home, now it may take a month or for me, it's like about a month. But because of that, it can delay your closings a little bit because COVID really adjusts a lot of things in the real estate industry. Yeah, you. So what have you done differently this, this year, year than you yeah. did the second? So um, Clubhouse, for those that don't know, has been amazing for my business. Like I always told myself, like if there was ever an app like Instagram that I could really get in on the ground up, like I would really make a name for myself because I really apply people who took Instagram as a social media platform and really boost, boosted their business based off of that platform. So that really helped with Clubhouse. So for me, like um, the group, which is our Ownership Matters group, I met the owner, Greg, maybe like a week and a half into joining Clubhouse. Um, we connected. I just really raised my hand for those that don't know in Clubhouse, you can get in a room, you can raise your hand. And I was like, look, I'm just going to raise my hand and hopefully he brings me up. <laughs> he brought me up. Like we clicked instantly and he was like, I would love for you to be a part of my team. And so from then, like that really benefited my business in terms of getting clients. And even if it wasn't necessarily clients in North Carolina, just really being able to share information to people and show people that you can purchase. And so I had a lot of people reach out to me via Instagram, you know, Twitter, Facebook, and they would send people my way as well, too. Um, so that really helped me a lot. I've gotten a lot of clients from Clubhouse. The second thing, I really wanted to hone in on my brand. Um, I switched to another firm, I would say about April of last year. So it's been about a year now. And one thing my mentor told me that's so important is that she was like, a lot of top agents that you see, you have no idea what firm they're part of because they brand themselves. Like real estate is different. 
you can switch firms left and right. And sometimes you don't even know that someone's switching the firm. Um, and so I was like, who is Paige? Like, I need to identify who Paige is, like, separate from her firm. And so what I did is I hired a branding consultant. She's actually from Atlanta. She specializes in really taking realtors and taking their brands to the next level and really getting them out there as it relates to social media. And so she has me on a strict regimen. We meet three times a week. We've been doing this since January. I have to post four times a week. You know, I have to constantly keep my engagement up with reels, you know, my social media posts. I'm have to do events. We work on equity letters. I send like 10 to 15 equity letters out a week to different neighborhoods, letting them know like this is how much your house is worth because the market has transitioned so much. You know, I'm starting to have events right now for potential buyer clients. Like I pick neighborhoods out to come and hand out popsicles and different things like that and really get my face out there um, and to do a lot more door knocking. I realized this year that although I've been blessed with my business, like there's a lot more that I could do to get clientele. And so it's been really important to me to utilize the full day. So it's no more like waking up at 9 (laughs) a.m. I get up at like 6.37 every day, which is huge for me, like a big progress and really like hit the ground running and make sure like I utilize a full day to really benefit my business. So I've seen a huge transition in the past six months. So I make very excited. You think you'll hit your goal of five million? Yes, I know for a fact I will hit three. Three is my minimum. I am claiming that I'm going to hit five. Uh, regardless, like I'm going to be very proud of myself because like I shared before, living with my disability, like I didn't grow up seeing a lot of people with sickle cell thrive. Like I grew up seeing people in the hospital in and out. And so for me, like I'm not just doing this for me, like I'm doing this for every other sickle cell patient that thinks that they can't be successful as well too. So I made huge progress compared to last year. Like last year, it took me a year to get to a meal. Now I did it in six months. So regardless of what happens, like I'm going to be proud of myself because I did this on my own. And it's just like a beautiful thing. Gotcha. What would um, what would second year page tell first year page? Um, that you, you you'll be broke quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> the entrepreneur is so hard but like one thing i would tell first year page is that if this is truly your passion which it is don't chase the money like chase the experience because if you give people good customer service the money will come like with real estate you don't know what's going to happen financially like you could be working with the client they decide to back out you know their funding falls through something happens with the closing and then you don't get a check and so a lot of times it's important just to chase the experience like i would tell first year page like really enjoy being a realtor like I love seeing my clients like a smile on their face when they get into their first home where they never thought, you know, that this was going to happen for them or different things like that. So I would really say, like, enjoy the moment. Also celebrate the small wins. I feel like for me, like there's so much I want to accomplish. And sometimes I feel like we put that stigma on ourselves. Like I have to do this. I have to do that. That sometimes we don't just like sit back and think like, wow, let me look at like how much I've accomplished in the six months or a year or whatever the case may be. So that's definitely what I would tell like my old self is to really like celebrate all my wins and to really enjoy the process and not to, you know, chase the money side of it. What would this year's page tell last year's page? Um, that you were going to kill it this year, sis, like <laughs> that you've done amazing. Seriously. Like I'm so proud of myself this year. Like I did not know that it was going to go this well. You know, I went through a lot last year. Everybody went through a lot in COVID. So I would tell myself like everything that you've 
gone through in your life, especially last year, was just preparing you to go out here and kill it this year and creating such a drive. Like, you know, I feel like I'm at such a place in my life where I feel great, like health-wise, like business-wise, professionally, personally. So it's really like benefiting my business. Like when you feel great all around, you're really able to go out there and be your best self. So I would tell, you know, last year's page that Everything she went through last year was so worth it to prepare her for this year because now she's kind of moving at her pace and she's getting her rhythm and she's really getting like her name and her brand out there. So it's been a good year so far. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, I uh, that's actually how I connected with you was through Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. Um, You were moderating the room and you were saying that you hadn't been real estate that long. May I have your attention, please? I kind of listened. The library ward may open for another 30 minutes. If you're under the age of 13 and need to call for a ride. It's okay, you good. Cool. So, yeah, we met on uh, Clubhouse and I was uh-huh. actually impressed uh, oh, thank with you. your knowledge. But I was also impressed with your candidness of you didn't realize how hard it was to, to navigate through real estate. Uh-huh. Um, so I say, you know, I think I, I want to interview her. So I reached out yeah. to you right away, you know, yeah. to, to get on your uh, schedule no, yeah. <laughs> before you blew up on us. I know. No, I really appreciate it. It's my first time doing a, a real estate interview. And so I think this is amazing. Um, and yes, I feel like you have to be candid in real estate for people that want to be realtors and then also for clients. Like, I feel like sometimes people really don't give you the real. And just from a realtor that's pretty young in the industry, it is extremely challenging, but it's still doable. Like, you know, I feel like a lot of times, especially with social media now, we see people that are out here thriving and we want to just be there like right then and there. But we don't realize how much time and work and effort they put in to get to where they are. Um, and just being your own boss, an independent contractor, it's a lot. Like you spend way more money your first year, your second year than normally you make. And so if this is something that you want to do, I feel like now real estate is it's fun, which is amazing. You see a lot of people that's getting into investments and flipping and Airbnbs and all these things. And I think it's great. A lot of times when people come to me and they say they want to be a realtor, I say like, it's real estate what you love because there's going to be a, so many like late nights up to one in the morning, you know, clients texting you all hours doing good and well, they clock off at five o'clock, but they texting you at 9 p.m. asking you questions. You know, you're going to have to hold a deal together that your client doesn't even know is falling apart. You know, be a shoulder, you know, for your clients to cry on there. The list goes on and on. Engage with lenders. You know, you really are the glue that holds the whole deal together. And so that's why I said before, you really can't chase the money because it is stressful. Like it makes you want to pull your hair out sometimes. But that closing day and seeing your clients cry, get emotional, pop bottles, like laugh, whatever. Like it's just such a beautiful thing to say, wow, like I did that. You know, I helped that client get to that point. So it's definitely worth it. It is. It is. Yeah. It's a rewarding feeling. Um, you know, I feel like we're their therapists. (laughs) Man, we definitely are. It is a lot. It is a lot. Like, that's why it's so important to know for a fact, like, this is what I want to do. And that's why I always tell people all the time if you want to do it, I'm here. Like, whatever advice I can give you, I got you. But just test the waters first and make sure because this industry is not for the weak especially with COVID now and having like such low inventory. Like if you're a buyer's agent, it's really stressful out here right now. So um, yeah, it's a lot, but I wouldn't trade it. Not at all. 
Have you have you had any listings yet in your two years? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've had a couple of listings. I actually have one that's about to go live next week. So that's what, you know, I've been working on all week preparing for that. Listings are a breeze right now, though. Like everybody, everybody wants to listing because one, you know, being candid, normally listed agents make a little bit more than buyers agents because they get to set the percentage. Two, right now, being that we have low inventory, you know, we're in a seller's market. So a lot of homes are going over asking. So sellers are really excited about that and are selling their homes. So I really encourage you to do that if you feel like that's the right move. And then you really don't have to do as much as buyer agents. You're not competing with 10, 15, 20 other agents at a time. You really get to like sit back, relax, like the people have to come to you and you sit down with your client and really go over everything so listings are amazing like if you can get listings get as many listings as you can awesome yeah so so um i'm glad you said that so in your market mm-hmm. the listing agents will set them having a higher percentage than a buyer's agent yeah that's very common so you know you're not allowed to price <laughs> six according to i don't know if it's just north carolina law or the national real estate law um, because a lot of times there's a misconception with clients that it's always 6%. It's not always 6%. You know, it's whatever you and the listing agent, like say you're a seller, it's whatever you and your listing agent negotiate. Their fee might be 6%, you know, maybe it's seven because they're higher and they, you know, offer more social media or advertisement or something like that. You know, maybe they know you're going to offer you a discount or so doing five and a half, whatever the case may be. You all discuss that back and forth and then you set it. However, there's kind of like an unwritten rule that normally you can only go like so low in certain areas. So it's not an actual like rule or law. But for example, in Charlotte, you'll see a lot of times, let's say it's 6% that you'll see the listing agent, they'll take 3.6 or 3.5 and they'll give the buyer's agent 2.5 or 2.4. But it's an unwritten rule that you don't go any lower than like the 2.5, 2.4 range in like Charlotte, Raleigh or Durham. Because you will have some buyer agents that's like, oh, I'm only getting paid 2%. Like, I'm not about to show my client this home. That's not me. I don't operate like that. However, because there are some agents and you know, this is our job and we have to get paid. You know, that's just like an unwritten rule. So normally if you're a listing agent, a lot of listing agents, they'll either do half and half, 3%, 3% or whatever y'all, you know, set the total percentage as, or they'll take a higher end. It'll be like 3.4, you know, and 2.6 or whatever the case may be. Got you. So with that being said, is there ever a time that, um, you have to get the remaining of your commission from the buyer or do you just accept what's given? I have always accepted what's given. Um, So what happens is when you sign an agreement, it's what's called an exclusive um, buyer's agency agreement. You set with your clients, you know, whatever the percentage is, because that's another common misconception that buyers never pay, you know, for their realtor. That's what's always discussed. Oh, you don't have to worry. Get an agent. You'll never pay. You'll never pay. 99.9% of the time, you normally will never pay for your agent. However, it is whatever you and it's whatever your buyer's agent discuss. So for example, when you're sitting down and you're going over that agency agreement, there's a line that indicate like, this is how much the agent um, is requesting as a commission. So let's say, you know, what I put always on my sheet is 3% or whatever is listed in the MLS. 
And so what I'm saying is that I'm requesting 3%, but I'm also saying, or whatever's listed in MLS. So if whatever, like say, for example, is 2.4, is 2.6, I'm going to take the 2.4 or 2.6. I'm not going to say, oh, the seller's um, listing agent is only giving me 2.4. I need you to now pay that 0.6 difference. And what I normally explain to my clients is that I've never been in a situation where, you know, I've asked for my clients to pay the difference. The only time you will ever see me ask that is if we go to a new construction home or a seller and they don't want to pay me anything at all. Then we would have to have a sit down conversation because unfortunately Paige has to pay her bills. But other than that, you know, I think it's more important to really like do a good job with your clients. Like, let's say, for example, if I wanted to nickel and dime that 0.6%, that might benefit me up front. But what will really benefit me is to sell that, you know, home or help that client buy that home. And then they refer me to more clients who are now looking at price points that are similar to theirs, where I'm going to make that 0.6 back within a month or two. So I don't ask my clients for that percentage because I don't feel like it really benefits me and my business. But it really just depends on the agent. Okay. Um, so I guess give us a give us an idea of what the Charlotte market's like. Like when people think of Charlotte, they just think of Charlotte. Are there like outskirts of Charlotte mm-hmm. that's kind of like Metro Atlanta, where a town over is not Atlanta, but people think it's yeah, definitely. So um, in Charlotte, you have little subsections. So I'll kind of run that through quickly. So you, first, you have what's called the University Area. It's called that because UNC Charlotte is right there. That one is like on the rise. Um, It's popped over the last couple of years. So they built like a lot of um, stores like Ikea, you know, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, like the list goes on and on. So it's very new, um, but it's a little more affordable. So you'll see a lot of people that have kind of um, either been pushed out of uptown um, or the South End area or looking for something that has more space. You'll see them be in the university area. That's about 20 minutes from what we call downtown, which is called uptown. So in uptown, you have uptown, which is a city that's where like the Panther Stadium is. You know, it's really expensive, but you have little subsections like three to four minutes outside of it. So you have an area called South End. That's kind of where you see a lot of bars, young people, young professionals that's like really on the rise. Plaza Midwood is like an area that kind of gives you a vibe of very like up and coming, like it's on the cusp, but it hasn't 100% hit yet. Noda is like an artistic um, farmer's market area. Like that's what you'll see a lot of paintings on the buildings. It's a little more affordable than being like in Uptown or South End, but you could drive or take the bicycle to the city and be there in like six minutes. Um, other than that, like you have an area called Valentine, and it's also near what's called the South Park Mall. That's the very like old money area. So you'll see a lot of Carolina football players stay over there, a lot of celebrities that live over there that want to be in an area with like a good school district. You'll see them over there. So a lot of people have been like transitioning outside of Charlotte and there's a lot of like subsections. You have Concord, which is like right outside of Charlotte. Um, You have the Concord Mills Outlet Mall and that's really booming. Huntersville is booming a lot. Like over the past five, six years, it's transitioned dramatically. And really, you can kind of get to Huntersville within like five minutes from Charlotte. Other areas are like Belmont, Pineville, Matthews, like the list goes on and on. And you can also see a lot of people transition to South Carolina 
because depending on what side of Charlotte you're on, it'll take you about 25 minutes to get to like Fort Mill, South Carolina. So if people are trying to get like more bang for their buck, now they're going to like Concord area, Pineville, Belmont, you know, South Carolina, places like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So what are two uh, tips you would give someone that's struggling in their real estate business in their first year? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, The first tip I would give someone is um, to really like make sure that the firm that they are with is the right firm for them. So like I was sharing before, I really didn't do a lot of research um, in my firms. Like I knew a lot of firms that were in Durham, like, for example, the firm I took my class with, but they weren't located in Charlotte. And so I was moving so fast that it was like, okay, I'm moving to Charlotte. I know this realtor that's with this firm. You know, he's the only realtor I know. So he's going to, you know, refer me to that firm and I'm going to come work for him. But I really should have sat down. You know, a lot of times when we're getting into an industry, we expect to be interviewed ourselves. But in real estate, you need to interview the firm. You're going to be paying the firm money, you know, whether it's per month, a transaction fee, percentages, whatever the case may be. So I always recommend, like, if you're struggling, the first thing you should ask yourself is, what is my broker in charge, which is consider your manager? What are they doing? The library warning. Yep. Okay. So what are two things that you would advise a new realtor who's struggling in their first year to do? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, So like I was sharing earlier, I think it's very important to do your research on your firm. You know, a lot of times, like we expect to be interviewed when we're jumping into a new industry, but we don't realize like real estate operates a lot differently. Like it's very important to do the interviewing yourself as well, too. I didn't do that in the beginning. And that definitely contributed to, you know, me struggling a little bit. You know, when I jumped in, I really didn't know a lot of firms in Charlotte. I know a lot of firms in Durham, but they didn't really transition to Charlotte. I knew one realtor, you know, he was like, come join my firm. You know, I've been working there for a while. It was a big firm, well-known name. And I was like, okay, this is amazing. I'm going to join. And I realized a couple weeks in, like I wasn't getting the resources that I needed. Um, And I think that's so important when you struggle because you should be asking yourself, like, what is my broker in charge? Who is essentially your manager, the person that's overseeing you? Because when you first get your license, you're a provisional broker. What are they doing to assist my business? You know, are the and then ask yourself on top of that, what do I need as a realtor? Just because a firm didn't work for me doesn't mean they're not an amazing firm. They just didn't work for what I needed, you know, in my first year as a realtor. And so if you're struggling, like ask yourself, are you a realtor that needs a lot of hands-on attention? You know, do you need a lot of technology? Do you want someone that has a lot of training, um, forms, social media, door knocking? What do you feel like you're lacking? And then then ask yourself if that firm is delivering. And if it's not, then transfer. And that's for somebody that's already in real estate. Let's say you're just jumping into real estate. I really encourage you to do your uh, research. Like you really want to research about three, I would say three to five firms and sit down and have a conversation with them and see who's a good fit. Like you want to be able to click with them. Like the way we're having this conversation, that's how you should be able to have a conversation with your broker in charge because you're not going to know everything and you need to be able to call them up and they should be in a time. The first thing I would say. Hey, that was good. Yeah, Uh, really good. That was good. Um, I definitely want to do a part two later on just to see how things went. 
Um, yeah, definitely. Also, yeah, I need to reach back out. I'm glad you said Harrison's name. I need to reach back out to him. He said he would do it. I sent them oh, an invite, but yeah. he'll, um, he gets he'll, so busy, and that's why it took me a second of you because this like it's like this market is crazy. Oh, like, I understand. Like, yeah, you already in it, so you get it. Yeah, that's why I yeah. was like, um, you have time this week because I don't want to like forget again. But Harrison has so much knowledge, and he's gonna have a different perspective because he actually owns, you know, his own like firm and it's like black owned and like he's been in it for a while so i feel like getting him is gonna be great yeah i look forward to it okay yeah perfect all right, all right. thank you cool. have a good night all right tell your parents to say all hello right, bye. Bye-bye. all right bye thank you for listening and be sure to follow kevin on instagram at the people's lender we'll see you here next time on real estate proverbs with kevin jefferson